Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie comic interview. It is your Caped Crusader, Cody, and we are keeping it geekly with Ronald Mann. And man, do we have a lot to talk about? Did you like that little transition there? We're gonna I be did like that. <laughs> we're going to be breaking down this brand new Kickstarter for the Silverline Science Fiction Extravaganza. Three comics in one. We're going to be talking about Cray and Silverline, his uh, publishing company. So, how are you doing, Ronald? Welcome to uh, the stream. And yeah start off uh breaking down who you are yeah yeah thank i, I appreciate you thanks so uh, thanks for having me on this saturday afternoon uh i can remember a long time ago saturday afternoon around this time i'd probably uh, watching tarzan oh long, man long time ago yeah johnny weissmuller was always my my favorite <laughs> for, for me it would have been uh x-men animated a bowl oh, yeah, of cereal and yeah. x-men animated <laughs> uh yeah but for those who uh who don't know me i've been in comics for a long time um, I, I broke into the industry uh, in the late 80s uh, with uh, uh, independent comics with a book called Cat and Mouse uh, with my good buddy Stephen Butler and uh, artist Mitch Bird. Mm-hmm. Heavily inspired by, um, independently, heavily inspired by the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Our, our, our content wasn't inspired by them. The idea that you know they did uh, their own thing, the independent comics, and uh, the success that they had inspired us to 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 make that effort to you know be part of the black and white boom and we were that's awesome um i then went to went on to become an editor for malibu comics a lot of people know malibu they remember the ultraverse um and i was an editor there for a few years until marvel bought the company and then i became a uh, marvel editor through corporate buyout so how was um, that like uh from like being an independent editor to a marvel one was it a big transition well, you know, yes and no. Um, we did not. Um, so Marvel was still located in, in New York at the time, and our offices were in California. Mm-hmm. And we didn't move. We didn't change. We just kind of became Marvel West Coast. And um, but I tell people the 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 difference was uh, it, it was small, but we noticed it kind of in the office because the difference was. Let's say you brought me when I was in a Malibu editor, right? If you brought me a, a, a property, a comic idea that you had. Mm-hmm. When I was at Malibu, and I'm like, yeah, I'm all over this, man. I love this. I, let, let, you know, let's make this happen. So we would obviously have to, you know, get it approved, um, go, you know, up the chain and make sure everybody likes it. But here's the question that that, that they would ask at Malibu. The question would be, now you gotta listen close, okay? Mm-hmm. The question would be, can we make money with this? Okay. Now, same scenario. Um, Marvel is now the the owner of us, right? Same scenario. You got this thing out. I really like. You bring it to me. I get on board with it. I push it up the channels, right? The question is, how much money can we make? Okay. And, and you know, a lot of people listen to it, and I'm like, yeah, they're not. That's not that really big a difference. Yeah, but but it, it is. is. It's it is huge. It's a huge. Because Marvel probably difference. wanted. A big number, right? Yes, right. And for Malibu, it was just kind of like, look, dude, we, we love independent comics. If we can make money, we're going to do this. And Marvel would, you know, go, eh, that's not enough money for us, you know. And so I, you know, and it wasn't just me. A lot of us noticed it. But that was one of the, the things that I noticed is it, it, it wasn't, it kind of ceased to be about, and, and don't get me wrong, Malibu is about making money too. I mean, it's a company, right? But it ceased to be about the the comics and having fun doing the comics and all about the money and i get it i like money as much as anybody else but Mm -hmm. but i love comic books how did that feel for you to like start out in the indie and have to eventually grow into this position where you have to say no to so many people 
Oh, uh, it was uh, it was tough. It was you know, um, it was an adjustment. I mean, you know, I I, I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you it was exciting at first, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, wow, it's Marvel's Marvel. gonna yeah. buy. Yeah, I mean, and, and of course, what one of the things we're thinking is like. We can do these things that we want to do now because we've got Marvel pocketbooks, right? All these things that that we always had ideas to do. It's like, no, we can't afford that. No, we can't afford that. It's like, now we can do it because we've got Marvel pocketbooks. Mm-hmm. Eh, it didn't ex- didn't exactly work that way. And, and and of course, you know, just a couple of years later, Marvel declared bankruptcy and um and you know fired something like really i never heard about that what you never uh, heard yeah. about marvel yeah. bankruptcy yeah maybe maybe i didn't dig what? deep enough in, in oh co- what, what, when was this when was this this would have been 96 okay so i, I was still just a young pup around that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, 96 no, they like did. seven. He's like, you didn't know about that when you were in seven. Like, get out of here, Cody. <laughs> so so here's what happened. So Marvel went, uh, they went from being private to public, right? So mm-hmm. they were publicly traded stock. And I have a friend who, who bought Marvel stock, right? Here's the deal. He bought it at like 25 bucks, okay? And I don't know how much he bought, but I mean, he bought it like 25 bucks. It increased to $50 and split. Right now, I don't know much about stock or anything like that. All I know is that you know, if he had one stock worth twenty-five dollars, it went up to fifty bucks and split, and suddenly he had two stocks worth twenty-five dollars. Right? Yeah. Well, it went up again to fifty bucks. It didn't split again, but then it just proceeded to go. <laughs> they finally took it off the market. The last I remember oh, it no. being, it was like uh, it was like five cents a share. So he was not happy with uh, it, his oh, split no. at the end. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, and that's and that. So they declared bankruptcy. Um, they fired up. Marvel had um, prior to that, right? So the early '90s, there was a lot of money in comic books. Okay, I mean mm-hmm. a lot of money. That's when Image was born, um, and and you know the seven founders: Rob, uh, Rob Liefeld, Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, all those guys. I mean, they were rock stars making comics with Image, raking in the money like crazy, like you wouldn't believe. Um, but like I said, there was a lot of money in comics. And, uh, you know, it was just a bubble and it burst uh, in the mid 90s. And then we experienced an incredible depression uh, in the late 90s when we, we used to have. So when I first got into comics, there were at least a dozen distributors. OK, at mm-hmm. least. And, uh, you know, some people get mad at Diamond. They're like, oh, we don't like Diamond, blah, 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 blah you know, because they're a monopoly. Well, they are a monopoly, but it's not because. It's not because they went out and, well, I guess they're not so much a monopoly anymore with, with uh, uh, DC going to Lunar and all that stuff. But but prior to that, right, people used to complain about them all the time. And it's like, well, the problem is they didn't go out and specifically target these other distributors and buy them up. These other distributors just went out of business, yeah. right? And Diamond was the last man standing. So it's kind of like you can't get mad at them for surviving where everybody else, you know, didn't. And why, um, you know, why, why wouldn't you like buy up a company if you had the opportunity to grow? You know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and help them keep jobs. I'm, I'm sure there was jobs that were saved by it, you know? I, I would imagine. Uh, but anyway, so when Marvel fired a bunch of people, um, I I was one of the ones. I, I did not. People always ask me, did you take it personal? There was nothing personal about it at all. I was literally just an employee number on a list. And, and there was a bookkeeper up there going, He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Fire all these people. Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't personal at all. Um, but what I did then is like, I said, oh, you know what? I tried this 
not quite 10 years ago, but I tried this in the late 80s. I tried to self-publish, but I didn't know what I was doing. Like, now I know what I'm doing. I'm going to do this. And so I started Silverline. And oh, from, that's so awesome. Is it yep. so silver, Is it like a silver lining in the the situation? Like, what's the, what's the name? <laughs> so, so, so the name really is this. The name is, uh, so Stephen Butler uh, was my partner. And Stephen Butler's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's the artist who did Cray. Uh, he went on to do um, things like Spider-Man and Sonic the Hedgehog and all kinds, of, all kinds of really cool stuff. We are both big fans of the Silver Age of comics. Okay. And so when we were trying to think, it was like, what do we want to do? You know, hey, listen, we're not, we can't marvel people, we're not, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and so we, we had all kind of different ideas. But, you know, ultimately it's like, you know, we want to recapture what we feel was an exciting time in comics. And that was mm-hmm. the Silver Age, right? And so we became the Silver Line of comics. And it did, and oh, oh, over time it, it, it was just Silver Line, right? Just one word. Um, but that's where the, or, that's the origin of the name. You can see the logo behind my head. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, so that's the origin of the name. Um, yeah, so I, I published uh, oh, a little more than a dozen comics from 97 to 2000 um, and lost a lot of money. And I mean, a lot of money and called it quits. And I'm like, okay, I'm done again. It was, you know, it was the wrong time to start publishing comic because the industry had collapsed. And uh, so I went back to school, got a degree, started teaching at the university, which is what I do for my day job now. And um, several years later, I I felt the draw. I felt the the sirens call Mm -hmm. of, you know, hey, comic books. And I wrote one. Uh, for um, an, an Indian publisher, um, like India, the con- country, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, it was an adaptation. How, how'd you but, get in touch with uh, s- s- you know uh, someone from India? So the weird story there. So I was teaching English comp, and one of the books that I was using in my classroom was was The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Okay. And so I was doing research on the internet to see what questions can I ask from the book that my students couldn't easily find the answers to on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was trying <laughs> using to, the internet to do that. I was using the internet. Yeah, so what can they find? What what can they Google real fast to you know to find the answers for? So I was trying to find questions that I could ask that would that would tell me yeah they read the book and they didn't just go to to the internet to find the answers mm-hmm. and i stumbled across a, a post and i can't remember where it was but I, I stumbled across a post saying they were looking for writers to do adaptations of uh classic books huckleberry finn was one of them now huckleberry finn is one of my all-time favorite novels right and so i'm like i used to work in comics i could do that i mean really it was just i, I was it was a i had a terrible attitude I shot off an email to him. I didn't even, I didn't spend any time. I just said, hey, I used to work in comics. Here's my resume. I could do this. They literally sent me an email back the next day and said, you're hired. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's all I had to do? You have a no pretty way. impressive like, resume, though. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they seen your resume and they're like, wow, yes, yes. So, so, well, thank you. Um <laughs> But anyway, that, that's kind of how that happened, and and uh, I did it. I absolutely loved it. I had so much fun doing it. But again, I, I love the book. I love Uncle Bray Finn. And so when I was done, I, just, I asked him, I said, so do you have any more? And they said, yeah, we've got a long list. Well, here's all the things that we want to do. And so I picked out Wizard of Oz. And So uh, these, these adaptations, like what type of adaptations were they? 
they are graphic novel adaptations. An Indian public, you can buy them uh, in the U.S., but they're so you big basically, in India. You, you take you take uh, the the story and just put it on comic form. I, I, I what what exactly? I, I would read I the you. novel and write out a script um, as if it were a graphic novel instead. And, and um, so so I don't know a whole a whole lot about it, but I know the company that was doing it. They were they were working to fight. Um, to improve literacy in in India, apparently literacy is a big issue in, in parts of India, and so they're trying to to create readers in um, in their schools. That's and so smart, they were, though. yeah, it's really smart, right? But they had invested a lot of money into creating these um, classics. They were trying to bring classics to um, their their kids and things like that, and into schools. They've got a huge line now. Um, it's called the uh, Campfire Graphic Novels. If you ever ever look at it, My, so how, you know, how many how many did you contribute? I only did two, but then um, after the second one, they asked me to create a an editorial guideline for them because they didn't know what they were doing. They mm-hmm. and they would tell you that, right? I'm not I'm not accusing them of something. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they just said, look, we we do. I can't I think there were automotive parts or something like that. They're like, we do automotive parts. We don't know anything about comics. And they said, will you help us create an editorial guideline for it? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Well, come to find out, they were also talking to Howard Mackey, right? Uh, who was who another former, um, and Howard spent a lot of time at Marvel. Mm-hmm. I didn't spend that much time, but you know, he wrote Ghost Rider and things like mm-hmm. that. And so uh, Howard Mackey and I worked together to create their editorial uh, content guideline. That is insane. For, yep. And uh, I did that for probably about um 10 months something like that i did a lot of uh re i did a lot of ghost writing rewrites mm-hmm. because what happened they just they again they didn't know what they were doing and they put the like the, i found the huckleberry finn one they put these these calls out for all kinds of people and people were answering right and left and they got these scripts back i gotta tell you they were horrible oh my god they were horrible and they were like can can you fix this and i would i would look at it and I'd oh go, so they paid for it Yes, they pay oh, for it, no. and, and so that's what I spent like the next, you know, ten months. I was creating the the with Howard creating the the guidelines, mm-hmm. but then I was also, and I don't know if Howard was doing any revisions or not. I, I'm I'm going to assume he was, but uh, I was doing a lot of uh, ghost revisions for some of the graphic novels they had already purchased. How'd you feel when you found out you were working with Howard? Like like the initial, it was very like, cool. Yeah, yeah. Did, I was did like, you guys what? ever get Howard a chance Mackey? like to, to com- communicate or was it? Sure did. That's, that's awesome. Lot. Yeah. Uh, in fact, they. Um, they actually flew me up to Philadelphia for a weekend one time, and uh, and uh, they brought Howard in too. I don't I don't remember where, where he came from. Um, he might have been in New York City at the time. But anyway, so they, they flew us in. We went to a, a little local convention there, a small one. Uh, we went to a local convention, saw a few artists, and mostly spent our time meeting, right, mm-hmm. talking about you know what we saw what Howard and I saw as the problems in their scripts and in production and, and things like that. And, and uh, yeah, so we spent like a weekend uh, meeting and that, that was, it was fun. That's so cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, long story short then. Um, so I just kind of, I just kind of dabbled from that point forward until, uh, until a few years ago. And um, I reached out to artist Dean Zachary and he and I were talking and decided we wanted to do something together. Well, we started one thing, right? And we, I, we, we wrote a plot for it. He had done mm-hmm. done like three pages. Uh, and then midstream, he says, so why don't we do Cat and Mouse? And I'm like, 
Hmm. Now, so I have to back up a little bit. So Cat and Mouse was the thing that really launched the careers of me and Stephen uh, Butler and Mitch Bird, right? Yeah. Um, it ran for two years. It was in, this would have been when you were like three. So you don't remember that, right? <laughs> uh, it, uh, you can find them in the, in the dollar boxes now, mm-hmm. but, um, for about half of the run, it was in the top 10 black and whites. Ooh. Um, yep. So it was uh, it was kind of exciting to see us there. The highest we ever made it was number four. Um, at least the highest I can remember us ever making it was number four. And I have a I have the the uh, I have the cutout from the newspaper mm-hmm. that it came in right. Um, and and it went over you know it went over really well. But that's what led all three of us to to other work. And I will tell you this for for the good chunk of my time after Cat and Mouse, when I would go to shows, people would always ask me, "When are you bring back Cat and Mouse? When are you bring back Cat and Mouse? When are you bring back Cat and Mouse?" And so, so that's one of the things that Dean it was like, "Okay, let's 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 do Cat and Mouse." And so yeah, we did. Yeah. We we relaunched Cat and Mouse. I want to say 2018. How did you um, feel bringing that back? I it was. Uh, I, I, like coming home a little bit yeah it's been so long yeah yeah i wanted to make some changes um it's not the same characters because part of me felt like you know there's been more than 20 years between then and now and it's like i don't want to write old uh, you know old characters you know what i mean i don't want them to be old people um and 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 i didn't I didn't like the idea that okay, we're just going to pretend no time has passed, and so I so I just created a couple of new characters that have the same spirit and the same uh, mood and feel and tone that the old ones did. And yet, what I did is the secondary characters haven't aged a bit. <laughs> so, how did that go over with the audience, though? Do they do they receive pretty, it well? Yep, yeah, yeah, pretty well, really well. Uh, our, our our first uh, the Kickstarter for the first issue did really well. Uh, and and everyone seemed to to really enjoy it, so it was it was fun. So, how did that lead you to Cray? Well, so the better question maybe be let me let me back up the 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 easier to answer question might be how did that lead me to other stuff and Silverline? Okay, because I I will tell you this I had zero intentions of starting a. a I just wanted to make comics, right? Mm-hmm. And I had zero intentions of, of starting Silverline again as a publisher. Zero, right? I just said, like, I, look, I teach during the day. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to write comics at night. That's, you know, that's what I enjoy doing. Um, so, so Dean and Barb and Kevin, who was coloring the comic at the time, we began, other people began to to reach out to us. Oh, we like what you're doing. We see you cat and mouse, blah, blah, blah. We want to do this comic, you know? And, and people just started reaching out to us right and left. And I had worked with some people in the past, you know, some of the people that, that ended up, um, working that we, well, like, like sirens, for instance, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sid Williams is a guy that I worked with in the, in the nineties. Uh, we did a a book with RA Jones who wrote the protectors, uh, for me. Um, but they were like, you should do this. You should do this. And I'm like, nah, that's a lot of work. I don't want to, I just want to write yeah. some comics and make some <laughs> comics. And, and, uh, so they just kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing. And finally, um, finally I told them this. I said, all right, well, here's the deal. If we're going to do this, you guys got to help me because I can't do this by myself because I want to write, but I yeah, teach during yeah. the day, you know? And, and they're like, oh, we'll help. We'll help. And so come to find out Barb 
who is the who is an inker, right? She uh, she's 30 years of the inking in the industry. She said, "Well, you know, I'm an accountant," and I'm like, "What?" She goes, "Yeah, I just re- I just retired from accounting." And she said, "I spent 20 years as a bookkeeper." I'm like, "What?" Yeah, so, that's valuable to know. Where was that? Barb, Barb keeps our books for us, right? And so that was ultimately what happened is everyone decided they're going to do a little bit of something to help you know to help Silverline be Silverline, mm-hmm. and um, and print on demand. Right, I don't know how much you know about print on demand. We we uh, we print most of our stuff to Kablam, mm-hmm. uh, who we absolutely love. Uh, digital printing, uh, it's a lot different than it was in the '90s. So in the '90s, when I said I lost a lot of money, you know, I had a minimum print run of like three thousand copies. Oh wow! You, yeah, you ha- if you were going to print a comic, you had to print three thousand copies. Now they were cheaper per unit, right? Yeah. But you had to get three thousand of them. Yeah, and the, right? the cost up front. Oh, it just is. Is that's what killed me, you know? And, and I ended up with a, you know, a garage that had, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred books. How, how much was that? Know? How much would that cost though? Like three thousand at a pop at that time? Was well, about they were about seventy five cents a piece. Um, so yeah, you're looking at what a uh, fifteen hundred bucks. Uh, that's, that, that's that's a lot back back then. Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. absolutely. Plus, then you got to add shipping in. Um, and you got to think that uh, generally I was selling through Diamond. Uh, I was selling only about half that, about half the three thousand run. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was selling anywhere from from uh, eight hundred to about fifteen hundred copies um, through Diamond, right? So I, you know, I had a thousand. I, I I wouldn't even open the box for a thousand of the copies, and I just leave them in my garage, you know. <laughs> um, print on demand. If I need a hundred books, I can go print a hundred books. That's I don't have to print a hundred and one. I don't have to print a thousand. I print if I need a yeah. hundred copies, I print a hundred copies. Now they cost a little more per unit, right? So I, I can't get them as cheaply per unit, but I also don't have to come up with all of them. If I can get to a crowdfunder that that pays that that cost, well then I can do this. I ain't gonna make much money, but I can yeah. do it without losing money. Yeah, and, and that was that was my turning. wife's. That's right. That's my wife's directive. When when she said she she supported it, she says, "But here's the deal: you can't lose because we paid that. Listen, we paid off my debt for years, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, you can't lose money. And so that has been the direct her directive from day one about Silverline is you just can't lose money, right? And so print on demand has been uh, you know uh, a godsend for what we're doing. I, I, literally, if we if if it were not for print on demand, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. Dude, we've made like thirty books in the last yeah. l- last two and a half years. Yeah, that's thirty wild. comics. That is wild. That is wild. How many people do you have on your label? Um, you gotta, you gotta a, get me in. Like, this is what I do. I love talking comics. That's yeah, what, dude. We we I, there's uh the last we counted. So I have what's called the Tower of Power. Okay, um, and I stole the term from uh, Tom Mason at Malibu. So, um, but it, all it is is a bunch of stack of trays. That's my mailboxes, right? So let's say I'm talking to Mike Belcher, who does. Mm-hmm. Who Mike Belcher is the guy who designed this this uh lay this this thing up top, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, and he says, "Hey, hey, Roland, um, you've got uh, you have an old copy of uh, the Arrow that you did at Malibu." I'm like, "Yeah, I got a copy." He said, you, "Can I have one? I'll grab a copy of it, you know, and I'll go put it in Mike's box, right? His mailbag, my Tower of Power." And uh, so the next time I send Mike something, you know, and it may collect there for a little while, but the next time I send Mike something, I go to his his, 
his mailbox out there. I'll put it all together and send it, send a package to him, right? My Tower of Power has 50 names on it. Oh my God. Right? <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah. So there's, there's about, um, there's about 50 days now about 30 of those are 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 active there's a handful of them have done like one thing and like okay i'm i'm gonna do something else you know uh so there's about 30 of them that are that are pretty active so it's um yeah it's grown quite a bit (laughs) yeah that's cool that's cool that you're able to do that though like i said it's um i I wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for for print on demand because yeah it, it, it requires, um, you know, basically just that we can raise the money to cover our expenses. Mm-hmm. And as long as I can do that, as long, like I said, I'm, I don't, I'm a teacher, so I don't make much money and I, I, I'm not complaining. you know, I mean, I, I will complain, but I'm not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it pays my bills. You know, I, I eat, I, I, I have a home, um, but you know, I don't. Uh, I don't have enough money to you know take a trip to the Keys or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rolling uh, around in a Benz. I got gotcha. you. Nope. My listen. I, I'm driving a 1998 uh, Ford. Um, 2002 that, Honda. I got. There you, you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I love my truck, but uh, you know it's uh, it, it's uh, it's seen it's seen better days. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as we can crowdfund and and cover the cost that we need to, to do this, well, then I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. And and the, the the cool thing is, one of the things that I have been super excited about is um, the the team, the, the the all the folks, those names on the Tower of Power. They are like minded. These are people who love comics. They love to make comics. And we have a blast making the comics that we're making. And that's all that matters, though, is surrounding yourself by people yeah. who are energetic and, and, and hyped and, and having fun. Because when you start feeling burnt out, you're able to draw from that energy. Oh, absolutely. I, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, you know, we, we stream, um, you know, I stream on, on Sunday nights uh, with, with uh, the Sunday night crew, and there's about five, six of us. And for me, it's, it's, you know, I can have a long week teaching, but for me, it's like, oh, this, I look forward to the Sunday yeah. night stream because I get to talk to, you know, my peeps and, mm-hmm. and, and we draw that, that creative energy. Um, that's really nice. So yeah, no, that, yeah that, that, that absolutely. Awesome. So where do we go from here though? What, what came next after you, you started, you know, creating silver line, started coming out with comics. Yeah. Um, you, you ran up to 30. What was the next step for you, uh, in the process? Um, I, I think, um, so, so we, so the first Kickstarters we did, we did, uh, single issues, right? Just, we did cat and mouse number one. The next time, uh, we did one, we did, uh, we did a book called Um, but then as we began to kind of add people, right, people began to kind of, uh, join the, the silver line, uh, the train as it were, mm-hmm. uh, we're like, you know, we got, we got too many books. How, we, we can't kickstart all of these. So let's do flip books, right? And that's, that's where the idea of the flip books, you know, came. Um, and so, well, yeah, that way we can do two books of Kickstarter and, you know, we can all keep making comics. Well, a few months ago, we're like, we don't have enough months to do our flip books anymore. What are we going to do? 
you know how how are we going to run these kickstarters because uh, I, I can tell you now um uh, we've already got our next kickstarter uh where's my schedule here um we've already got our next kickstarter scheduled for july 7th through the 24th and three of those books two of them are already finished one of them is is really close to being finished not only that the, the Kickstarter we're going to do after that, so we do them every other month now, is mm-hmm. September 1st to the 18th, and... Uh, These are the 1st to the 18th? September, uh-huh. Okay, yeah. I got you. So, so why such a short uh, campaign? Are you uh, are you just trying to cut out that like that middle period of... Uh, you yes, know, yeah. Gotcha. Well, well t- t- there's two main reasons, right? Um, I, I, clearly, you're aware of how Kickstarters have that middle dead period, yeah. right? Um, and so we're just trying to, we, 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 what we did is we like, let's see if we can't cut out that week of deadness in the middle and sort of condense it a little bit. The other thing that does for us though, is it gives us a little more time to, to ship the books, um, before our, so we really like to ship them before our next campaign starts. Yeah. We, we weren't, you know, the, the plague is, has, you know, caused a little uh thrown kinks in the in the in the supply chain and things like that uh this is the first time we've ever i i'm just now shipping these books out um from the from our last kickstarter and as you can see you know i reached out to you because of of the sci-fi extravaganza so that one's going on now and we're just now shipping the the books out i don't like that i i personally i i like to have my books shipped out or at least in the mail when we launched the well, new so, one. So how long was that time period, though? Like, from the time you funded that Kickstarter to uh, you beginning to ship it out? Um, so the so this one, the one that's shipping now, it funded in... Uh, what month is this? This is... Uh, May. Yeah, this is May? Yep. March, January, February, March. Yeah, so this one funded in March. So that's not that's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. Uh, I, I I typically see a lot of like, what um, three to four months. It seems like you know, yeah. you got you get the, the the month after the Kickstarter, and then and then like you know a lot of them have to finish up the book still. Right. So yeah, it, it's 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 funny that you you feel that way when you're still cutting the you know the quote unquote competition by half. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, it's it's. Uh... I think the thing is because I, I know that we 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 have so many we have so many you know books in the pipeline. I want people, you know, number one, I want people to like the books. I want them to be confident that that when they back, they're going to get their product. Because it, as you know, there's a lot of Kickstarters out there and, and Indiegogos that uh, people are waiting for a long time yeah. and and not getting their product. And I don't want you might not like our books. Okay, but I don't want anyone to ever say I backed the Silverline campaign and I'm yeah. I'm still hey, right didn't get it I'm still waiting for my book. No, if, if you if you're not going to back one of our campaigns, I want you to I want you to be forced to say I backed one of their campaigns. I don't like their books. You know what? Okay, I get that. It makes me sad, but I get that. There's nothing you but, can really do to fix that. Where nope. delivering the book that's entirely like almost on you. Yeah, almost, almost entirely on, on you. Yeah, I mean there because, are because I, there, I, there's there's things out there. It, yeah, we you know, we're still in a paper you know a paper short worldwide paper shortage and and yeah there there are things that can happen. Um, but you know there are also things if you know that these things exist there are th- there are precautions you can take. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, well, it, 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 they say three weeks, but we're in a paper shortage, so it might take, you know, six weeks. So I'm going to get my work to them earlier, <laughs> right? So that they, you know, gives them a little and, and, and give a, give a better expectation. Instead yeah. of saying it's going to take three weeks, maybe say it's going to take four or five, you know, right. or maybe say exactly. it's going to take six. Yeah. So, so to be honest with you, so one of the things we said uh, in this kick, so we funded in March, right? And we said that it would be um, fulfilled by May. Mm-hmm. Well, I, my personal goal was to have it fulfilled before we launched on May 5th, right? This uh, extravaganza. So my personal goal was to get them out around the 5th to the 8th. Didn't quite make that, but we're still well within our, our this, yeah. it's, this book is going to be in everybody's hands before the end of May. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so you're still hitting that promise. I, I'm still hitting the promise. And, you know, they, I've got three addresses that I don't have that I've sent people emails. I threw it my list away. So the only reason I, you wouldn't get your, your books in time is if I don't have an address to send them to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> how did, so that Kickstarter bleeding into this one, the Silver Line uh-huh. Science Fiction extra, yep. Extravaganza. Blah, excuse me. <laughs> um, this is fe- uh, featuring three different uh, stories. We're, we're looking at Beyond the Stars, The Obsoletes, and Cray. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. go ahead and give us a little bit of a like a, a synopsis for uh, all three, if you if, if you would. Sure. Um, so, uh, the Beyond the Stars is uh, by uh, Ron Fortier and Andrea uh, Bormita um, and Mike Pilcher. Way this happened is, uh, is kind of a funny story. Is uh, you know, Mike uh, Ron Fortier. For those who've been reading comics for a long time, Ron Fortier is probably most known for writing the comic Green Hornet for mm-hmm. uh, now in the 1980s. Uh, he's done a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Well, apparently Andrea reached out to him and said, hey, "I've got this concept for a, a science fiction comic book. Are you interested in working with me?" Of course, if you've seen uh, Andrea's work, you're like, "Yeah, right." So, yeah. Um, so that's kind of how that that was born. But uh, basically, what happens is it, there's this huge uh, sort of black hole thing that's beginning to threaten humanity. And um, the leader of the sort of the galactic empire there calls on what they what's called science warriors. And they have to go fight um, this <laughs> this evil galactic entity. It's, it's very space... Uh, oh, what's the word? Sci-fi... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sci-fi soap opera kind of... Uh, uh, you know, uh, what's, what's the word? I'm trying to think Star, of it. Star Wars just fits into drama? the category. Maybe Not drama. Um, I can't think of what the word is now, but it's it's very it's very uh, sci-fi, 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 sci-fi. Yes, it's not hard science. <laughs> um, uh, Stephen, who did one of the covers for it, uh, took a, uh, a look at it and he said, "Man, I love the look of this thing." Mm-hmm. It, it, he said it reminds him a lot of Gil Kane. Oh, and, uh, that's yeah, awesome. It's very awesome. Yeah, so. Uh, so that's beyond the stars. This is the first issue in this in this uh, uh, campaign. This is the first issue of six. Uh, the next one is the uh, obsoletes. It's done by uh, Wes Loker, who's the writer and the letterer. Uh, Aaron Humphreys is the penciler. Jose Fuentes is the inker, and Haley Martin is the colorist. Mm-hmm. Now Aaron is also uh, the guy who penciled our uh, other book called Fire Rush, which was a three issue miniseries. And Haley is, um, she's coloring this one. She was the artist for, she and I worked together on a comic called Bear. <clears throat> and uh, she is working on the second issue of that one now. She's the, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she's the artist of that. Um, she's coloring Obsoletes. But um, uh, but Obsoletes is a story of uh, intergalactic uh, prospectors who get tossed into the future. Um, and they, you know, they pop into a very different reality. 
Um, but what happens is they're they're looked on now as obsolete because all of their yeah. stuff, right, is obsolete. And okay. So they have to. It's their sort of fight to make themselves relevant um, to the 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 current time period. So it's kind of a fun, wacky, zany. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah, that a lot. Wes Wes is uh, Wes has a lot of humor in his. Uh, he's the he wrote uh, uh, Unit Forty Four, which is one of my personal favorites that he wrote, which is about uh, a couple of uh, basically a couple of of uh, rednecks stumble upon a a. Have you ever seen Storage Wars? Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of rednecks buy a storage unit. That was uh, that stored Area Fifty One stuff. Oh, that would yeah, be right, fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And so they're being they're being chased by uh, by federal agents because uh, they accidentally let the, the federal agents accidentally let the Area Fifty One stuff get into the hands of these rednecks. Who, oh my who god, just that, this, that'd be that would be know. fun though. That would be yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. He yeah. has a lot of humor in his uh, in his stuff, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and then of course uh, the the last one then uh, and oh, obsolete. I'm sorry, obsolete is one of four. And then the last one is uh, Cray, which is the one that uh, uh, I wrote. Uh, Stephen Butler is a penciler, and if anybody's been in comics for reading comics for very long, Stephen Butler did uh, a bunch of Web of Spider-Man. He drew Silver Sable. Ooh, uh, for, let's go. Yep, for Marvel in the night. He was a he was the first guy. I think he did it for the first two or three years, something like that. Um, for independent comics, he he drew uh, the Badger with Mike Barron for um, a little while. And then he also drew um, Sonic. The, most recently, drew Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, uh, Steve's also my my former roommate. I met him in college, and so he's my former roommate. So uh, <laughs> he's like not I, the flex, but <laughs> we live together. <laughs> uh, it's inked by uh, Ken Branch, and then uh, Jeremy Kahn is our colors. Jeremy's also mm-hmm. done some uh, coloring for some of our other Silverline projects. Um, and it is a uh, science fiction kind of science fiction slash fantasy. Um, it's uh, it's a barbarian story. Yeah, I had someone ask me, is it not really science fiction uh, or sword and sorcery? And I said, you know, it's sword but no sorcery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's no magic in it. I, I I know what I want to do if if this were to continue. I know what I want to do with it in the future. Um, but this is very much a world uh, in which humans and mutants exist, and they're at war with each other. Cray mm-hmm. uh, is a human boy who is uh, taken as a battle prize uh, when mutants attack his village and kill everybody in the in the village. He's taken as a battle prize. Ooh. He's raised with mutants, and uh, so he grows up as a mutant, and uh, therefore he's has he's has a lot of internal conflict because as a human. Right, the humans and mutants are, are, are they hate each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. but he's he he's raised in a mutant village, but he's a human. So he so almost a lot like of, hates himself. Right, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of internal conflict there and um, you know, a lot of eh, a little little uh, uh, veiled social commentary kind of kind of stuff. It's not, you know, it's not in your face or I don't mean it to be in your face if it is. Um but uh, yeah, so uh, he, his desire is to join the Red Guard, which is like um, uh, the High Priestess's uh, Delta Force. Okay, right? yeah, the, that's the, awesome. The, the elite warriors, and so he trains with the sword. And, Let's go. This um, sounds awesome. I, I, I am loving this concept so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a lot of fun. 
Um, and it's uh, it is one of five. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a five issue miniseries. So, so what kind of drove you to create this story? This seems like it has a lot of depth to it. You know, um, to be honest with you, so so the origin of the story. Can I reach it? The origin of the story um, goes back to my junior college days, in which um, I met a guy who was a talented artist, but he mm-hmm. didn't want to draw comics. And so we used to just hang out at night and he would just sketch and draw and stuff like that. And we just talked about a lot of stuff and we were both fans. Now, I'm not a super fan of Conan, but I always liked Conan. Yeah. And uh, and he was a fan of Conan. And, and I think part, this is why I tell people it's not sword and sorcery because part of the reason I, I wasn't a super fan of Conan was because of the sorcery stuff. It's like I never really dug magic. It was not something that, you know, maybe because I didn't understand the rules of magic. Superheroes, I, I dug because it's like, okay, I get that, right? The vision, yeah, yeah. he can control his density. He can either be light as air and, and intangible or heavy and, you know, solid like a rock, you know? Um, those were all pretty clear to me. You know, Spider-Man was agile. He could uh, swing around on a web, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Magic, I just never got. It's like, I don't understand how can you just, you know... How can Doctor Strange just, you know, make some Steve Ditko hands and yeah, the little uh, circles, right? Yeah, it's like, ah, yeah, what is he doing, you know? Um, and so, um, so we just came up with a, a bunch of concepts, and I'm a big fan of Dune. I don't know if you've ever read the, the yeah, novel yep. Dune. Great novel. Oh, it's a good um, read. It's a good. Yeah, read. it's 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 long and, and and heavy, but it's really good. And I had just read Dune. Um, it was still fresh on my mind, and so the world you see in in Cray is often very Dune-ish mm-hmm. um, because you know I was in, I was heavily inspired by it. Um, but I don't know. I just wanted to. It was just a story I wanted to tell about uh, you know a guy who feels. I you know over time I have decided I have determined, and this is not intentional, not, but I have determined that one of the kind of stories I like to to write. Are stories about uh, people out of place, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, maybe that comes from being a bit of a nerd and a geek, and uh, you know, always feeling a little bit outside of you know mainstream society. Um, I guess I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. Uh, but looking back on on the stuff that I write, it's like you know, yeah, that's kind of about that too. That's kind of about that too, and that's kind of about that too. I you know, I, I did I. I you know, I just did a book in uh, January called The Rejects mm-hmm. about a bunch of su- uh, superheroes who have been rejected by all, you know, ma- mainstream superheroes. And that's cool, too. That is, so, that's an awesome concept. So they, they, I think I got a copy under here. You can see the co- Yeah, right here. Uh, so you can see the cover anyway. Um, so they, they've been rejected by all stream, all mainstream superheroes. And uh, they band together. Now they're goofy, right? There, there's some goofy uh, characters, mm-hmm. but uh, you know they they rejected, so they band together. They don't call themselves the rejects, right? That's not. Yeah. They're not. Yeah, we're the rejects. That's that's what people call them. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so I kind of I, I kind of looking back determined that I that's the kind of story that that apparently I'm drawn to. Um, and that's kind of what Cray is, you know. It's a, it's a story of a guy who's 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 uh, out of place uh, continually, you know, and 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 uh, wants to find out where he belongs. 
I really love that. And like when you're able to get into your element, you're able to like create such like, I feel like such more, you know, you're able to take what you have and add so much more to it when, when you when you can have that that bond and that connection to it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we we broke down these three books. Let's go ahead and just dive into the Kickstarter. I think okay. we we've, we've done enough building up. Let's actually look at what we're what we're trying to sell here. So let's. There we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 18th. Yes, 18th Kickstarter. I really so like how the logo looks on a shirt too. Successfully <laughs> yeah. funded and fulfilled all the others okay. beforehand. So if you've been one of those backers, thank you so very much. We really appreciate everything you've done to help us make these comic books. We so love making them. Our 18th one is going to be a little bit different. You know, the last several ones we've done flip books. This time we're going to do a great big book, right? We're going to call this our Silverline Elite Edition. But use Elite because, you know, it's at least big and you're going to get it through Kickstarter. We're going to have three books this time. 70 pages worth of story and art. Wow, that We're is a lot. We're going to have Beyond the Stars, number one. We're going to have The Obsoletes, number one. And we're going to have Cray, number one, the remix edition. We have taken the black and whites like we've done for the other remixes, and we have digitally remastered those and colored them. Okay, I didn't color to the two. Books, right? So here's Ron Fortier to tell you about Beyond the Stars. Beyond the Stars, the six-issue miniseries. He has it's a really deep voice, too. I like his voice. <laughs> We've settled yeah. billions of planets, but one day, out of the edge of space comes a black void that destroys everything He's in its path. New England so the all-mother, the leader of the <laughs> race I know you of said man, you couldn't hear, but it's, it's loud and clear on our end. Yeah, yeah. Skill science yeah. warriors to find the I know solution, what he's saying, so find it's all a good. way to end this threat <laughs> and to save mankind. Thank you, Ron. And now, here's Wes Loker to tell you about The Obsoletes. Take it away, Wes. My name is Wes Loker. I'm the creator of the new four-issue sci-fi action miniseries, The Obsoletes, which is part of this Kickstarter campaign. Uh, The series, with art by Aaron Humphreys, story and letters by me, colors by Haley Martin, and inks by Jose Fuentes, is about a group of intergalactic prospectors who are accidentally thrust 20 years into the future and are faced with a very different reality. Uh, The world they knew is unrecognizable, and their profession is more deadly than ever. But rather than ride off into the sunset, uh, this crew of roughnecks set out to prove that they're still the best in the game, even if they are a little bit obsolete. Thanks, Wes. And now here's me to tell you about Cray. (laughs) Take it away, me. Thanks, Roland. Cray is a sci-fi fantasy story of a world in which mutants and humans are at war. Many on both sides want peace, But during a mutant raid on a human village, a young human boy is taken as a battle prize and then raised by a family of mutants. Trained from a very young age in the ways of war, Kray dreams of becoming a member of the Red Guard. Basically, it's the Delta Force of the world. Until, that is, his village is raided once again. Don't those sound cool? Three comic books in one Kickstarter. One cover. And here's the other cool thing, right? If you're here for one of the books, you get to choose which of the exclusive Elite covers you want. You want Beyond the Stars? You can get the Beyond the Stars Elite cover. You want the Obsoletes? You can get the Obsoletes Elite cover. If you want Cray, you can get the Cray Elite cover. You get your choice. And That's we appreciate cool too. It. So, you remember what to do here. 
Please back it if you can. If you can't back it, please share it to everyone that you know who loves comic books and would love to get their hands on these. And until then, remember to make mine Silverline. All right. Uh, you know, actually, I'll just go ahead and just scroll for you. That you know, it did. Okay. Totally, we're not like uh, going back and forth. So seventy percent of its goal. Congratulations mm -hmm. on that. Thank you. Uh, are you looking at keeping these books like kind of in a bundle, or are they going to separate to their own like line after this? They will. They will separate after this. Um, this is uh, so. One of the things that we figured out uh, pretty early is that. Uh, Folks who back Kickstarters, uh, who help you crowdfund, often want something unique, right? Yeah. They want something, and, and, and I get it, they're, they're, they're banking on kind of the idea a little bit. They're, they're supporting us, right? But they're also mm -hmm. thinking, you know, if this, this goes neat. on to do, yes, if this goes on to do something, I will have a very limited edition. And so, um, so that we we offer the, the the Kickstarter exclusives, and once the campaign is over, you can't get them in this format again. Now, uh, we'd be silly if we said you can't get the book at all, but uh, you're not going to be able to get this giant size extravaganza any other way than this. Okay. Um, the, the the Kickstarter. Now, if you see me at a convention, you know, in six months, you can buy any of the books. You'll be able to buy Obsolete One. You'll be able to buy. You know, Beyond the Stars, number one. You'll be able to buy uh, Cray, number one. You'll be able to buy them, right? You'll be able mm -hmm. to get them. But you won't be able to get the 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 Kickstarter covers, and you won't be able to get them in that edition. So Okay, yeah, that, um, no, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, we, um, we yeah, that's something we, we started doing a long time ago that we just said, you know, hey, this is something that's kind of a, a, a little extra reward for those who support us. They get an exclusive cover. Mm -hmm. that uh you cannot get after the campaign is over so yeah so and, and one of the things i heard you say that's cool about is um so one of the things we you know we realized early on too is that, all right we got three different books some people are going because they know me they're like hey i know roland i'm gonna go i don't know i don't know anything about wes or ron or, or the obsoletes or beyond the stars i'm going because i, I want to support roland right some people are going for the same reasons for others, right? I'm going because I know Ron. I have no idea who Roland is, blah, blah, blah. And so we decided that we weren't just going to have the one uh, Kickstarter cover. We would have one. We'd have three. One for I each th of the properties. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was really awesome. So that makes them even a little more exclusive, right? It's like there's not going to be quite as many because, you know, let's just assume that, that one third, one third, one third you know, if we were at 80 backers, we get 100 backers. You know, you're looking at, you know, 30, 30 people get one of the covers, 30 people get the mm -hmm. other cover, 30 people get the, you know, so that makes it even more uh, exclusive instead of, you know, 100 people getting the, the one cover. So, yeah, that, that uh, added exclusivity is, 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 yeah. is, is really cool. Yeah. So uh, this kind of just the a little about right here, uh, which I think we mm -hmm. kind of covered uh, pretty well. Yeah. Gives you the yeah. page count for each one, too. So 22, 22, and 24. Um, how do you yep. feel about remaking Cray issue number one and adding some color? Um, you know, I liked it because um, there's a couple of things I, I discovered. Of the, now, I, I personally love black and white comics. Uh, I love black and white artwork. But one of the things I discovered over the years doing, doing conventions is that a lot of people, fans, don't like black and white. They want color. Yeah. And, you know, and I get it, but if you're sitting there, you know, if you're sitting at your table and you have a whole bunch of black and white comics, they're going to pick them up and they're going to look at them and they're going to put it back down because it doesn't interest them. They don't, they don't, 
they don't have an interest in that, right? So, um, so that's you know that will I think anyway I hope that it will get an additional uh, additional group of fans that would not have yeah. read it otherwise. You know? Are you planning on going color with like issue two? Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. yeah. Gotcha. We're gonna. In, in fact, a secret between me and you. Um, so it's five issues, right? And four of them are completely done already. Ooh, I, we love us some exclusive drops on here, man. Thank you, thank you. So, so let's yeah. uh, start taking a look at some of the rewards. So it looks like yep. you can get the digitals uh, for twelve bucks. So yep, that's going to be twenty-two, twenty-two, and twenty-four pages. That's how much? Uh, Sixty-eight or twenty-two? Yeah, it's 69 pages. Sixty-nine. Ooh, giggity. Yeah, so because so I, I think I think Cray is actually twenty five pages and not twenty four. And then uh, uh, you're, you're gonna get a thank you uh, on the thank you page as yep. well. Yep, yep, um, yeah. If you if you back for the the digi- digitals, you'll get all three of the comics, and we put your name on the thank you page. And then those are the um, the next thing there. That's the 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 exclusive. We're calling it the Elite Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a giant size book, right? So you can get the Elite Edition with any three of those, either three of those covers, right? You're like, hey, I want the obsolete. So the the Beyond the Stars cover is done by uh, Stephen Butler. That's his pencils there that you can see. Um, and it's already been inked. I need to update that image. I can tell it's already been inked and colored. Um, so I just I just haven't updated that image. Um, the obsoletes then is uh, done by Dean Zachary, um, and then the Cray cover is done by uh, Aaron Humphreys. Mm-hmm. And so those are the elite edition covers that you can get. And then we have variant covers because we discovered uh, several Kickstarters back that um, we have a group of folks who, who enjoy the heck out of getting variant covers. Yeah, yeah. It just you adds know? that extra layer of uh, being exclusive. It does. Yep. And, and again, thanks to print on demand, you know, these are not difficult for us to do. We don't go, we don't have to print 3000 copies, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so those are our A covers. Um, you've got beyond the stars and what we, we try to do with the A covers, we don't always do it, but what we try to do with the A covers is that's the team on uh, the interiors. So beyond the stars cover is done by Andrea Bormita, who did the interior artwork, uh, for the beyond the stars obsolete then is done by, um, Aaron Humphreys. And I, I don't think, uh, actually, I think Jose inked that. Um, and then Haley color, colored it, which is the interior uh, art team for Obsolete. Mm-hmm. Cray was done by uh, Stephen Butler and inked by uh, Thomas Formanti. So kind of like so, what you see is what you get. Yes, right. Yeah, I, I've always been a fan of that, right? You, you know, I, One of the things I always hated is to buy a book based on the cover. Oh, I really love this cover. And then you and look, open it up. Different. Yeah. yeah. Our B covers then um, got a sweet Beyond the Stars cover there by Dean Zachary. Um, I just got the pencils today for the B cover for Obsoletes, and I haven't had a chance to update it. Oh, you know what? I'll send it to you as soon as we're done here. Yeah, let's go. And uh, if you if you're if you're quick enough on the draw, you'll be the first to uh, post it. Uh, Peter Clinton did uh, did that uh, Obsoletes cover, and it looks fantastic. Uh, Pete's done some uh, of our other comics. He did uh, the Silver Line team up doing the uh, trumps number four or finished mm-hmm. trumps number four of course and of course then um that is the wrong cover there for cray that's the kickstarter cover uh yeah wow yeah. sure is i just hey, noticed it's good that. that we go in depth on these it's good wow i just noticed that is the wrong cover 
Um, yeah, that's supposed to be... I showed it in the video. I got the right one in the video. That's supposed to be the <laughs> Dean Zachary cover there. Um, yeah, you'll see it down... And it's funny because you'll see it in the original art when you get uh, uh, to the original art that's available. Mm -hmm. And then we do retro editions. So one of the things we, we, we started doing a long time ago... Um, Oh, is where you take like, the banner off and put it down at the bottom. Well, that's the way the 90s comics looked, right? When I published comics for Silverline in the 90s, that's the way we designed the covers. That's cool. And, and all of the interiors are in black and white. Right? Yeah, so that, yeah. it, it's very retro. <laughs> uh, yeah, we cool. find that we, get, we have a, a very small handful of people who like that. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, you're, at least, uh, you're at least catering to that, too. That's you know? right. Yep. So, um, yeah, and this is just some samples of the interior art, right? So that's Beyond the Stars, which is just beautiful work. Andrea oh, yeah. does everything digital. Um, but yeah, that's, that's uh, and then this is, and then this is interior artwork for the obsoletes. Um, and you can kind of see like where they're not like really, they're kind of clashing with everyone around them a mm -hmm, little bit. Yep. Yep. And then, um, Lastly, then there's the interior artwork for Cray. Wow, this is gorgeous too. And we have uh, add-ons. Because um, I have a little video. Someone told me, hey, I love that you did a video on how to do the add-ons. Because <laughs> uh, a lot of people would say, I don't know how to do an add-on. So mm -hmm. I just made a little video. And we can watch it if you want. Ah, uh, You don't have to. I mean, we yeah. can, but... Uh, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> So I'm going to try to make a, a quick little video that uh, so it explains to you how to do uh, uh, this is uh, an so, also add really add we... um, And so you'll notice we'll scroll down here to the Kickstarter, go down to add-ons so that you can see what's available. I think this is nice, um, though, because there the are some people right who are kind of confused with add-ons, so this is nice yes. to so help your community. Peter Clinton Commission um, that you can get. There's only four of those left, so um, the other ones are gone. There's a Thomas Lormonti Commission, um, and then there's the original art. Um, I know the inks are coming, so I'm going to add them there. But all this original art is still available. Like there's page eight of the pencils for the Silverline team up by Peter Clinton. Um, and so, um, yeah. So, but before you choose an add-on, uh, where you decide what you want, you got to go and decide uh, what reward tier. But you can't get the digital double because it's digital and you're not shipping anything. So you got to decide if you want the uh, Silverline double feature. You know, which is the flip book? Do you want um, do you want them signed? Uh, which is the flip book, of course, with uh, autographs. It's going to be signed by me and Haley and uh, Tommy. And or do you want the completest, which has um, the flip book plus all of the variant covers, so that you can get it all. That's why it's called the completest, right? So that's what we're going to select, um, and then we're going to continue. And then that's going to take us to the add-on page. So it shows we've selected the completest. And now all of these are add-ons. And you can see there at the top, uh, the first one up there is a Silverline Signature Book. They're all uh, listed there in uh, order of how, how much money they cost. So uh, for some of these, you can even get uh, more than one copy. So for the comics, like the Signature Book, you can decide, hey, I'm going to get one uh, for me, and then I'm going to get one for my friend. and get them signed because I'm going to see you. And so uh, you can see we have a bunch of the uh, back stock. Uh, everything that we've published uh, so far within the last couple of years is available. Uh, you look down and you can see there's the Thomas Formanti Commission, there's the Peter Clinton Commission, and then a bunch of the original art. 
So we're just gonna say, hey, I want to get the uh, pencils for the Bear Kickstarter exclusive cover done by Dean Zachary. You can see, uh, you can read the details there. If I've written too much, you can click the little read more drop down. <laughs> but uh, then you can add, and you can see it's limited to one because there's only one uh, original art uh, for that. And you can see once you've selected the add-ons you want, you hit continue. And then it'll take you to the next page, and you can see the list, uh, the reward you have. You, we selected the completest, and um, then it lists the add-ons. We've got the silver and signature yeah, book. Yeah, this is uh, really two copies of that. I think this is something and we've that got could really the, help people. Uh, original pencils, the Kickstarter exclusive cover by uh, Dean Zachary, and then you just uh, click that you understand and check out. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good uh, to, to help people figure out the add-ons as well. So. Yeah. And uh, it looks like your Steve Butler commission's already uh, yes. been bought, so congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he's a uh, yeah, like I said, he's a he's a he's a hot item, hot ticket item. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there's still there's still commissions from Aaron. I think there's still commissions from uh, Jose. Uh, the Haley commissions are gone. Um, there's the original art. The, the see where's the it keeps scrolling down because there's the the B cover that that one right there right right there that's the that's the see where it says crane uh wait right here wait wait right here I've got it no oh, wait right here B no. oh, wait is that yeah, not cover B? yeah right, right. Mis- I have those mislabeled don't I I sure do dead gum hey that happens that's you know, it you still that's got time it right to there it, you know right you see you see where it says gone. Yes. Just to the left of that, that's the B cover. That's the Dean Zachary okay. cover right there. I got yeah. you. I got you. Yeah, that's the B cover. Man, I can't believe I got this mislabeled. You've done so many. I mean, you gotta you be doing them back and forth. They're, they're, you're, with so many, the, the the room for error is a lot. You know, it grows with each one you do. So yeah. And yeah, then there's are, some. They, yeah, there's there's a. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, the, one of the things I will say this: one of the things that I, I like about our Kickstarters is that uh, we we almost always have a, a healthy um, collection of original art for mm-hmm. for people who who like original art. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks out there in the comic book industry that 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 like to collect original art, and there's all of our old comics. If you missed some oh, of our wow. old stuff, this is a huge yeah. line. Yeah, I do reviews, so I'm looking at doing will, things uh, with uh, creators where we like it, like five to ten minutes. We pull up a book, we go through it, we kind of break down the panels. Like mm-hmm. I ask questions, and I'm like, you know, what was your thought in this panel when you were creating that type of thing? Um, cool. I'm trying to, so yeah, keep me in mind. I'm trying to do that. I, I think that'd be something really cool that. to do. Yeah. Um, so here's some well, of the, just uh, a little bit more breakdown of the creators. Yep. It's who, it's who, who, who did it? <laughs> uh. And then we kind of already went over the name, so we can just kind of put faces yeah. to the names finally. Yep. You look like the happiest out of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, how can you not be happy making comic books? Yes, sir. So you risk know? and challenges are just uh, just uh, the only one that we really, you know, you can't really predict what type no. of pandemic's going to happen and how that's going to hold up shipping. So, you know, I think that's kind of like everyone should kind of have that, like, just yeah. in, in, ingrained in their head. But yep. 16 successful Kickstarters. Congratulations on that as well. Thank you. So any tiers that we didn't uh, go over, I think we had a uh, what um, completionist one, uh, the one that yeah. offers all, all the, the so, covers. 
Yeah, so there's there's so we have yeah, right some here. that like to get all of them, and so we have a com we have a completionist, and then we have a completist completist. Okay, and let me explain that. So um, so because we have the three different covers for the Kickstarter edition, um, some people like to get the Kickstarter edition, and but then they also like to get the individual books, right? So it's not unusual that you get the Kickstarter book, and then you get covers A, B, and Retro with our completist. Right. Well, this time we have three Kickstarter editions, and so you we have three different tiers. You can get the completest with the Beyond the Stars cover, the completest with the Cray cover, the completest with the Obsolete's cover, mm -hmm. or you can get the completest completest, which is Kickstarter for all three all of those covers, yeah. as well as all the A, B, and retro editions. That is awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And here's some of your early bird ones too, but they're all uh they're all fun, yeah. So this is your Kickstarter in a complete nutshell, correct? Yes, that's okay. it. So let's go ahead and get to the juice of the juice. So for anyone that's been watching, uh that's kind of on the fence about backing this, what do you want to say to them directly to kind of help push them over that hump? Absolutely. Any anybody who's sitting on the fence, what I would like to do is say you, you 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 said the words earlier, right? You read it. We have successfully funded and fulfilled 16 Kickstarters. So if you are a fan of comics and you've never heard of us, if you're the kind of person who says, let me give somebody a try, give us a try. Because here's the one thing that you can, can rest assured in. You're going to get your books. Yeah. Now, I can't promise you that you'll love them. Now, I think you will because I like them, right? So I think you will. It's what looks like for a digital break-in uh, is outstanding because you're getting 69 yeah. pages. Right. And so so my thing is this, is that rest assured that you're going to get your books. Mm -hmm. um, because, again, I know that's one of the biggest fears a lot of people have is like, man, I'm about to plop down, you know, 25 bucks for this this giant size comic. What if I never get it? And yeah. I mean, I get it. I, I listen. I, I can't tell you the number of campaigns I've backed, and I'm still waiting on. Right? <laughs> uh, and that's very frustrating. I, I totally get it. Um, you know, but if you like science fiction, if you like comic books, there's really no reason not to try this um, because you know we're gonna. This is May, June, July. These will these will ship in July. Yeah. Um, I'd like to tell you you'll have them by Independence Day, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, so, will, I will say you'll get them by July, by the end of July. Where do you see yourself going after this Kickstarter? I mean, you said you had another one lined up uh, yep. in, in July, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's so, correct. Uh, so uh, real quick, quick uh, extension, if you want to get back on the show for that one, we'd love to have you on to break that one down as well. Excellent. Um, what are we looking at for that one? So, um, for that one, I am looking at a superhero extravaganza. Okay. <laughs> um, if all holds, and I haven't announced this anywhere except for my, within my team, mm -hmm. but if everything kind of holds to the course, um, I'm going to be kickstarting uh, Team Beetle number two, uh, which we already number number one, Switchblade number two. Which, could, which we already did number one of that. And then a new superhero, one called Cape Town number one. Okay. Are these um, going to be like in a similar universe as well, or are they all kind of like standalone? You know, they're, they're currently they're all standalone, but that's something we've kind of talked about within ourselves because we're like, you know, hey, we, we, we should do a little silver line universe thing. That'd but, be uh, cool. Yeah. We haven't quite gotten there, but we've talked about it. Um, 
you know, because when I write, uh, you know, my superhero books, uh, so for instance, Switchblade, Switchblade is set in the same world that Cat and Mouse is, right? I mean, I, I write it, so mm -hmm. it's the same world. Uh, same thing for the Silverline Team Up book, which uh, has Champion and Miss Fury. They're set in the world that Cat and Mouse is set in. Okay. So we've kind of talked about sort of at an extension, uh, you know, sort of growing the world and making it a, a, a cohesive world. But oh, it hasn't really, really cool. gone much further than talking just yet, right? But yeah, it, ta it takes a lot of planting seeds too. It does. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the other thing is, you know, the the because we we it wasn't written that way. I mean, some of the things like one of the um, in one of the books, the team works for the president of the United States, mm -hmm. and the president of the United States is named. He's got you know, so it's like I've never shown the president of the United States in my comics. So theoretically, it could you still, still could, be, yeah, yeah, it still it still could be. But there are things like that that we are kind of concerned about. It's like well, well, like in one of the books, uh, the uh, in Kalis, right. Um, the CIA sent astronauts into outer space in the 1960s mm -hmm. and they lost them, right? Well, what happens the, the, at the start of Kalis is one of, one of them falls back to Earth. Oh, God. So does that happen in my continuity? You know, it, 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 there's nothing that prohibits it. So you could, just, you could throw it in a way such a small, you could have like a newspaper having an article right. about it or something like it's just, just yeah. the potential is insane. Yeah. So, so, so we've talked about it. We just haven't, we haven't quite pulled the trigger on it yet, but, uh, I like the idea personally. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, after running so many successful campaigns, uh, I, I do want to get wrapping this up, but I think it's, it's, it would almost be an injustice for me not to ask you for someone who's ran so many successful Kickstarters. What would you, what would be your, your biggest single piece of advice to anyone that's trying to do it for the first time? Hmm. Um, anyone who's trying to do it for the first time. So one piece of advice. Um, do as much of the work up front as possible. Um, because once you once you launch, it's hard to do your your focus is gonna be on on promoting, on mm -hmm. you know, posting in social media, doing interviews. Uh, you know, showing up on streams and podcasts, and because you're trying to get the word out. Yeah, yeah. And and so you don't have a whole, you won't have a whole lot of time to try to do the work at the same time as you're trying to promote. Mm -hmm. So do as much of the work up front as possible. Line up as many, you know, interviews. Finish your book as much as possible. You know, try to get free uh, uh, preview copies that you can send out to folks that they can they can uh, peek at. Um, I know that uh, Beyond the Stars, um, uh, Ron got uh, quotes from um, Chuck Dixon and Mike Barron. Wow. He sent the book. He sent the book to them and said, "Here's here's you know here's my book. Would you give me quotes or blurbs?" And and they they both supplied him with some nice little blurbs. That's so awesome. And yeah, we've been using some on social media. So you know, do that kind of stuff. Um, you know, prep your images. You're going to be using images for um, for promotional effects, uh, you know, promotional posts and things like that. Mm -hmm. Prep as much of that as possible. Do again as much of the work up front as you possibly can. Um, 
don't expect that Kickstarter is going to accept your project immediately. Yep. So make sure you submit it. And again, this goes back to doing as much up front. So, so submit it with, uh, with room to spare. That way, if they say, hey, we need you know, a few more extra days, you're like, no, I, pl- I told everybody I was going to launch yeah, this yeah. day. You know, and then you can't Planning ahead, that preemptive measure. Right. Yeah. So, so do as much prep work up front as you can. That would probably be my single biggest piece of advice. Man, what a perfect uh, nugget of wisdom there. I, I got to ask you one more question before we wrap okay. it up. And that's going to be for any indie comic creator out there that's just struggling uh, in general, just to get their ideas started, to, to get writing, to get started and just start their chasing their passion. What would you say to them in that aspect as, as a writer who's chased his dream and created a publishing label and everything? There's never a better time than now. You, you know, I, I just just Nike had it right just do it Mm -hmm. you know so so if i may um one of the one of the things that happens is is you know creative people have a tendency to be a little bit perfectionist you know and and a lot of times if if an indie creator is just getting started they'll look at something and they'll go well this is not very good well of course it's not it's the first it's the first time you've ever done it Mm -hmm. right and so I, I like to give this analogy. Now, do you, do you play any instruments by any chance? Uh, I play I play acoustic. I have the acoustic in the back. Okay. So oh yeah, yeah I see it now. All right. So so let me ask right you there. a question. Right. Ah yep yep. So let me ask you a question. The first time you picked that up, could no, you play? Ed, could could you play Eddie Van Halen? No no I sucked I sucked no. I still can't play Eddie Van Halen but I can <laughs> a little bit better. <laughs> so 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 here's the deal right? You you picked up the guitar and you can play it now. But you couldn't play it when you first picked it up because you had to learn. Mm-hmm. Why do comic book creators assume that they're going to sit down and they're going to write or draw a, a brilliant piece of work? Yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen. You've got to practice. You've got to write that first piece of crap, right? So that you can get to writing the second piece of crap. Mm-hmm. So that you can get to writing the third piece of crap. The third piece of crap. And you know what? The fourth piece of crap, it might not be quite as crappy, right? And so th- I don't. I, this is one of the things that I don't understand about indie comic book makers is why they why they think their first one is going to be so good, and yet if you ask them about playing an instrument or even a sport, right? Can you play you know, the first time you you know threw a football? Could you throw a perfect throw a perfect spiral? Well, no, you had to work it, at you it. You know, right? it, it could be maybe some of that ego. You know, it's lowering yeah, that ego and that expectation sure. down a little bit. Yeah, and, and so my it's my thing is like you you, you got to do it. it, it mm-hmm. You will never get to the good one if you don't get the bad ones out of your system. Yeah, right. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So that would be the that would be my biggest piece of advice for for indie creators is is do it. Just do it. Stop talking about it and do it. it two awesome pieces of uh, <laughs> wisdom right there. I appreciate that so much, guys. What an awesome indie comic interview. If you have not checked out his campaign be sure to check it out the link to the kickstarter is in the description uh i i, I backed it i'm excited to get my hands because you offered to give it to me for free but i'm a big uh i'm a big thank you uh believer in putting my uh my mouth where my money or my money where my mouth is one of the two it's one of the two <laughs> um, you know um you're you're, you're you're you know you're gonna give it you were gonna give it to me for free and i wanted to read it anyway so to me it's you know i i need to support and help you make your dream and your wheel keep continuing as well with that being said, guys, that. it is a perfect time to wrap up. It is still a beautiful day outside. What an awesome Saturday on this May 14th. I appreciate uh, Roland coming on here and keeping it geekly with us. What an awesome, awesome day. And uh, yeah, man, um, 
thank you so much. I hope to get you back thank on you. for your next episode uh, in July. Absolutely. Count on it. All right, let's go, guys. But with that being said, we're going to be taking off. I hope you guys have an awesome day as well. And like I told you the story before, uh, I stole it as well. Keep it geekly. <laughs>